Bobby, thanks for joining us on TSN 1050. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm. You were in the Brook in the uh, in the Nets front office for many years. Yes, I was. How do you? When, how does how does Masai pull off a trade like this when he's on another continent? He's doing, he's in Africa. He's making this trade at three a.m. That's this can happen. These these guys are always talking to each other. Apparently, oh, it is, and I think this is something that's been going on for well, at least where San Antonio has been going on for uh, the last couple months here, um, and then you know, with Toronto, probably about the last ten to fourteen days. So usually you try to build it up and you get a. You get a framework, and then you, um, and then you're able to get, yeah, you get it through. And yeah, I mean, I, I randomly checked my phone at 3:45 in the morning, and I've been up since um, when this kind of started to um, started to break uh, break through. But yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, I like it for Toronto. I do. I mean, I understand the risk here. Um, I mean, every trade has a risk, some more than others, um, especially with with Kawhi, the expiring contract. We all know about the injury. Um, but when you have the opportunity to get a top five player in the NBA, like Kevin Durant or LeBron James or Steph Curry, uh, we can put Kawhi Leonard up there with those players. Uh, you go ahead and do it. Uh, it's not like you were coming off a championship. You just lost in the second round uh, in four games to Cleveland. Uh, and if it doesn't work, then you hit the rebuild button and you, and you go you go from there. But um, I like it for Toronto, especially I like it, especially once the, the, the uh, details started to come out more, um, you know, it's a top 20 protected pick, can turn into a second. Um, you know, you didn't have to give up, you know, uh, DeLon Wright, uh, OG, um, some of your, you know, nicer young. I mean, I like Caperto, but some of your younger players. So, yeah, um, I like what Masai did there. I I was surprised how little the Raptors had to give up. Am I, were, were you surprised with, with what they had to give up for what they got? I think from San Antonio's perspective, I think they could have gone in two different directions. And usually when you're moving an, an all-NBA player, you either try to rebuild with draft assets if you're looking for three first-round picks, and you probably could have got that from Boston. You probably could have got that from Philadelphia. But you know, here's a team that you know got to the first round without Kawhi Leonard. They still have LaMarcus Aldridge under contract. Um, they still have Pau Gasol, some, are, some veteran players. And they're looking to stay competitive. So you take DeMar on, who's an all, you know, DeMar's an all-star um, for the next, you know, three years. So um, I, I think if they wanted to go the full rebuild, um, I think they probably could have, um, you know, it would have been hard getting the numbers to match, but they could have gotten a lot of young players here. But I don't think that's the direction of where, where the Spurs are right now. When there was a, an online betting site that had the odds on, hey, where's Kawhi going to go? And when they shortened to, I think it was <laughs> even odds for the Toronto Raptors, no one was buying it. Why was nobody believing that Kawhi to Toronto was a real thing? I don't know, but I had asked my wife if I can go put money on it, and she said no. So <laughs> I, I, there was no insider trading there from my end. I don't know. You know, when I was in Vegas when that happened, um, and it was it was fascinating because uh, I think it was last Thursday when all of a sudden they jumped to number one here, and usually Vegas knows when things are things are going on. But yeah, I mean, I just look at. I think it. A lot of it had to do, and I think when you start going through the tea leaves here, um, the Lakers, where they were, um, I didn't see them being in a mix just based on um, the package of players that were on, you know, potentially on the table and getting the numbers to work. With Boston, you know, with no Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, and then with Philadelphia not putting Markel Fultz. So that's, that eliminates, you know, three teams right there, and then you kind of 
then you factor in Toronto with with DeRozan, you know, with his contract and and with uh, with where Kawhi is, and it, it, it you know I know you had to add a couple more pieces, but it matches up. ESPN's Bobby Marks joining us on Toronto today. I I'm curious, uh, Bobby. You can you can tell us. You've been on the inside of trades like this. How much? W- I mean, we all kind of want to know: Is Kawhi healthy? How much communication actually happens between, say, the Raptors and Kawhi or Kawhi's people before the trade is officially consummated? Well, this is a little bit unique because, as you know, uh, Kawhi is represented by his uncle, who's also his business manager. Um, it's not a traditional agent, um, you know, like Demar, who you know is Aaron Goodwin, or you know, some of the other players have Mark Bartleson, some of the well-known guys. So, usually, what happens is is that when a player like Kawhi Leonard becomes available in the trade, uh, as I say, you usually go back channeling, and that's usually a conversation with the um, with the agent of that player to find out uh, long-term fit, where he is health-wise. And here, I think you kind of. I guess you go into the wilderness a little bit with, with blinders on. It's a little bit challenging, too, because we're in the off season. Um, you know, the last we saw Kawhi Leonard was sometime, you know, I guess, what, in December or January when he, you know, when he played a limited amount of games. So this is a little bit of a more tricky situation to kind of to kind of navigate here. So I think you, you, you do the trade, you know, you go through the physical, and then there's a conversation that you have with uh, with Masai and his representatives and Kawhi, and then it's a, it's really an eight month recruiting. Uh, you get him, you know, you're you're recruiting him uh, in house for the next uh, eight or nine months here. As we know, so Kawhi, they acquire his bird rights. Uh, they can offer him. Uh, Woj would put out five years, one ninety at the end of this. A team, a, a team who gets him as a free agent after the season would be four years in the neighborhood of one hundred forty one. What what kind of draw is that extra fifty million and that extra year? Do you think? I, I think every player is different. You know, you see players kind of, um, you know, towards the the tail end of their career. Um, it's a little more significant. Um, you know, players like Kawhi or Paul George, maybe they think they have another bite of the apple down the road. Um, but you have to look at where where Kawhi was. Um, you know, after the season, you know, he's not super max eligible anymore. But he was in San Antonio. For 221, um, you know he can get 140 or 141 in LA or another team. I mean that's that's a lot of money when you leave on the table. That's 80 million dollars that he would leave on the table. Um, you know from San Antonio to Toronto to to another team. So um, yeah, that certainly comes into that, that will certainly come in, in into play here. I think if Kawhi thinks he can go out and get another contract, then maybe the fifth year doesn't mean as much. But uh, but that's a nice little, I guess, a little caveat that the Raptors have. Yeah, there's there's guaranteed money, and then there's the potential of guaranteed money if in a five year deal versus a four year deal. The, the Raptors they've made this trade. They don't presumably they don't 100 percent know what Kawhi is going to do at the end of it. Uh, Masai, before he makes this deal, he has two separate plans, right? The the Kawhi plan going forward, and the what do we do if Kawhi leaves plan going forward. Yeah, and I think that's why you, what you saw last summer with Kyle's contract and Serge's contract, um, you know, more of a short. They weren't four or five year contracts; they were short term. They both expire after 2019 20. Um, basically, if Leonard leaves, you can basically wipe the slate clean, um, you know, in a year or two, um, and you keep you retain the younger players and you. And, and you build from there, and if he stays, great. You know, you can lock him up for that, um, you know, for that long-term contract. Where do you think they now fit in in the East? Do they, do they win more than 59 like they did last year? Do they go further in the playoffs? Where do you think they fit in with the two, with the two guys they've added, the Raptors? 
I think a healthy Leonard, you know, they were right up there with Boston and um, probably you know, Boston and Philly in that mix. Um, you know, if, if uh, DeMar had returned, um, you know, they were probably in a little bit in the back, maybe the pecking order. I think it, I think it would be fascinating too. Now you have a rookie coach also. I don't think many people have talked about how does that, you know, how does Nick Nurse handle this now? That's a lot of pressure. I saw it in Brooklyn when we had Jason Kidd and we made that Boston trade and we had a lot of veterans. This is a little bit different because I think this is a better team um, than what we had in, in, in the Nets here. So, yeah, I mean, I think the, how, the, and I said this all along, once, you know, Dwayne Casey was fired, you know, they're really not going to be judged on what they do during the regular season as far as wins. It's going to be what happens in the playoffs. And I think that's going to be the kind of the ultimate, you know, calling card as far as can this team get past the second round? Can they get to an Eastern Conference Finals? Can you possibly get to you know, the NBA Finals. And I think you look at the East with LeBron going out to L.A., I mean, it's it's a competitive East, but it, it is certainly a wide-open East. Bobby, before I let you go, uh, Danny Green is the other player the Raptors acquire. I, I didn't realize his advanced defensive numbers were as good as they are. What are the Raptors getting in Danny Green? Yeah, I mean, you get a wing on an expiring, a uh, little bit of a down year of shooting the ball in San Antonio, but you can, you, you know, it's almost like a filler for, you know, at, at the two position. I know you've got... Uh, I know he's got Norm Powell there, um, you know, I guess in a backup role there. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of the, the missing piece to this that we're not really talking about. You do get Danny Green there, and if you do inherit his bird rights, so if you want to bring him back too. Um, so you get, a, you get a starting two, you get a starting three. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. They've got a couple roster spots open um, to go, if they're going to go out and get a big because you lose Poto, and now you just got um, Valanciunas. Uh, unless Siakam can play some five for you. So um, it will be, I think they've got a, you know, maybe one or two. They've, um, they've got the tax mid-level at five, three, and they've got a minimum exception available. So it will be interesting what they do with, maybe with the back end of the roster. I'm right to be deliriously excited, yes? Like deliriously excited. You should be. Yeah, I, mean, uh. I think it's, uh, hey, you never, you never accomplish anything without taking risks. I mean, that's just a fact of life here. And I think, you know, Masai and knowing him and dealing with him during the Carmelo and when he was in Denver, he is he is um, he is very confident in a good way. And you know, this is a roll of the dice. And if it you know doesn't work, we'll judge him next year. But for today, uh, you should be pretty happy. A front office insider for ESPN, Bobby Marks. Bobby, I love your work. Uh, keep it up. I, I I can't get enough of you. Thanks so much for being with us. You got it. Talk to you, Bobby Marks of ESPN.